0: Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacey, and today we're going to get into some stuff. Uh, We are watching the 1985 sequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, you are all my now. which is certainly a film. We are joined by classic guest, Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah? Glad you haven't found anyone better than me yet. No comments. So, Josh, this is your first time seeing an Emmer Nump Street 2, Freddy's Revenge? That is correct. And what did you think? I'm not, I'm not sure if it was because you talked it down so much, but I was actually surprised it, it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be i'd put it on the very very average level okay yeah this movie's polarizing some people like it some people hate it it's my probably my second least favorite of the nightmare on Elm street movies i'd say yeah, okay i'd put it at eighth place out of nine that's a, i still think it's a good movie i enjoy it quite a bit it's very fun and weird it's definitely weird well I, the thing that i liked about it is that it was different mm-hmm. than the first one and we'll get into all that stuff. But uh, just in general, it wasn't just a, a carbon copy of, of the first movie, which I think would have been really easy to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's extremely different. Some people don't love that, but I'm, I'm on board for it. I, I very much prefer that. Even even if it's not a high-quality movie, at least it's different. Sure. This podcast is dedicated to creating a master list of rules on how to survive any and all horror movies. And you can see that list at HowToHorror, our Twitter account where we have a running tally of rules. I think we're up to 34 now. So you can go ahead and read those and see how many we have. So we're going to go through the entire plot of this movie, beat by beat, decision by decision, and see if we need to add any new rules. And I think we might get some tonight. I think it's certainly possible. Maybe. It's, this is a weird movie. teaser. Oh. stay tuned. So I don't know what those rules will be, but I was thinking about it a little bit. I think there, there might be some stuff. But who knows? That said, spoiler alert. We will be spoiling every little bit of this movie. So if you have not seen it, I would recommend going to watch it. I recommend this whole series. This is my favorite horror movie series. I like all nine of the movies. So go check this one out before listening to the podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't really just randomly recommend. Just If you're just going to watch a horror movie, it'd be kind of odd to pick this one. But if you're watching the series, yeah, I I guess I'd recommend it. So at the very end of the podcast, we'll give out awards for the characters who did the best job at following the rules and who did the worst job. I have no idea what we're going to do here. (laughs) It'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's get into A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. The movie begins on a school bus, and we meet our main character, Jesse, who's the new guy at the school. He's just moved to town. And we get a nightmare sequence, right? Well, I guess we don't know what's a nightmare, but he's on a school bus, and all of a sudden it's just him and these two girls left on the bus. And the bus driver blows past the stop and just keeps going and going and going, getting faster and faster, and drives off into the great desert of Ohio. (laughs) Yes, all the deserts. (laughs) Yeah, this movie takes place in Ohio. They clearly filmed it in California. Much like the first one yes. where they had palm trees in wherever they were. Yep. So that's odd. <laughs> but yeah, we're driving off into the desert now. Rule number one of how to survive a horror movie is knowing that you're in a horror movie. If you're on a school bus and your bus driver goes berserk and drives you out into a desert when you live in the Midwest, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah something's afoot (laughs) you might be in a horror movie it's it's certainly likely scenario here now this ends up being a dream sequence so it's whatever but yeah but with the nightmare movies and really any movie that'll have to do with dreams a lot we're going to have to play it dream by dream yeah like when do we know we're in a nightmare horror movie scenario and just go with that Mm -hmm. because a lot of times in movies the dream sequences we can kind of discount because it really doesn't matter but here that's the basis of these movies yeah so we've got to go through it. So Jesse and these two rando girls, who actually are just characters in a dream, who don't exist. They're not real people. So just Jesse. He's in a horror movie. And Freddy Krueger's at the wheel. And finally the bus comes to a stop. And the ground starts giving way. And then all of a sudden it is hanging, or it is stuck on top of like a giant tower of rock dangling over an abyss. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. This is one of my favorite nightmares of the entire shit series. It was, is- it was pretty cool. I, I mean, I did not expect this. No. <laughs> this is how you open a movie. So Freddy Krueger reveals himself and stands up at the front of the bus. He's got these finger knives. So, of course, Jesse and the girls start backing away. Unfortunately, this starts to tilt the bus back off of this Tower of Rock. <laughs> so this is like a horrifying scene where they have no choice but to move closer to Freddy, but they can't because he's got finger knives, and it's just terrible. And if you know your situation here where you're just on top of this, like, like pencil rock, basically, you're not getting away from this. Like, you're, your fate is basically sealed. Yeah, the only thing you can do at this point is maybe charge Freddy. Yeah, maybe fight him and then just hang out long enough for someone to find you. Yeah, like if if this is not a dream and this is really happening for (laughs) someone. Yeah, so I think the only thing you can do here is rule 17, don't give up. Because they kind of give up here. And you got to just try and fight this guy. Yeah. You you have no weapons. The odds are very much against you, but I mean, you got to do something. All you have is the three of you versus one of him. And again, he's a dream nightmare, so you're going to lose this fight, period. So, But try. But try. But it's all a dream. Je- Jesse wakes up screaming. Very high-pitched scream. Yeah. Very sweaty. <laughs> Very sweaty. Uh, sweaty Com- Jesse. A common, a common theme. We get a lot of sweaty Jesse in this movie. Jesse goes downstairs to have breakfast with his parents. And they just moved in here. And it's the actually the house from the original movie, Nancy's House, in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. And then we get this great scene of them eating breakfast... And his sister is eating cereal. <laughs> this very racist cereal box called Fu Man oh, boy. <laughs> That's problematic. But the whole reason we have this in the movie is because there's these toys you can get out of the box. And it's like these Fu Man fingers. And it looks kind of like Freddy's finger knives. Yeah, just kind of imagine like kind of like bugles. Yeah. You know how you can put bugles on your fingers and you just kind of play with them? Yeah, imagine, imagine this in toy form. <laughs> if we we're going to remake a Nightmare on Elm Street 2, a shot-for-shot remake... Josh, what we're going to do is we're going to cut out this cereal. And put and bugles there. She's just going to be eating bugles. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> New line, let's make this happen. Oh, boy, that that cereal box is problematic. does not hold up. does not age well, but it's kind of funny. It's been super hot in the house lately, like boiling, but they can't really find anything wrong with the air conditioner. So... And the dad doesn't... He's all dad-like and says, Oh, nothing's wrong. Yeah, I just need some Freon. This house that I bought is perfect. <laughs> yes. The dad sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the dad... He, Jesse's dad is pretty terrible. He has too much pride. Yep. So we meet Jesse's friend, Lisa, who lives down the street. Redheaded love interest. Uh, she's really rich. She's really rich. Mm-hmm. Her parents have a nice house and a pool. They're loaded. And, but Jesse's given her a ride to school. Even because though, she can't afford a car? <laughs> I think she must just like him. And it's like, yeah, I'll ride in your piece of crap car. That she actively comments about. It's, it's, it is it's a pile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're at school now. Baseball and gym class. And we meet a couple of new characters. We meet the jock, Grady. And Lisa's friend, Carrie, who has basically no personality. But she's, she, she's the second female. She's a friend, and she is female. And we also meet Coach Schneider, who runs the gym class with an iron fist. Yes. Yep. Yeah. During this baseball game, Grady pantses Jesse and the two of them get into a fist fight, and Schneider ends up making them do the plank as punishment. And the two of them actually become friends over this. they start talking, chilling. what else do you do doing the planks?" Which are just the... "I hate planks. They're they're awful." They're, well, and I think they're actually push-ups, uh not planks. Oh. But they're doing them really slow so I don't know if it was just like a like a holding pl- like a holding push-up. I thought it was a plank that and they, they just couldn't hold it, and they were, like, collapsing on themselves. Yeah, it could be that, too. I, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to do as little work as possible. I mean, that's how I do my planks. It's, like, try and stay up but continue to fall over repeatedly because I'm weak. <laughs> so, I mean, I just assume that's they, what they were doing. That's what everyone looks like. <laughs> so Grady gives him the lowdown on Coach Schneider, who apparently gets off on this kind of stuff, punishing people. And, and these are Grady's words. Yep, yeah, Grady's words. He gets off on... Um, punishing pretty boys Mm -hmm. and he hangs out at in Grady's words queer S&M joints downtown that's what Grady has to say about Schneider yeah Schneider seems like an asshole (laughs) he seems like your typical 80s gym coach yeah that's true so you know they they bond a little bit and Jesse learns that the house his dad bought is kind of notorious in town because there's bars in the windows from when Nancy lived there and you know Someone got murdered across the street, someone got murdered in the house. Not good stuff. Not good stuff. Probably something to be at least aware about. Yep. And, you know, that doesn't mean anything. No. To me, if I lived in a house where a murder would happen, I'd be like, oh, that's a little disconcerting, but whatever, and I'd probably forget about it. That's not enough for me to say, "Yo, you're in a horror movie. Like, no, no. Just random past events. Like Stuff happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Jesse can't sleep and he's going downstairs for water and, and he sees something outside whenever we've done this before we this happens all the time you hear a weird noise you see something outside that's weird okay great you can if it's inside your house go ahead and look around like because it's already in your house but if it's outside don't go outside yep just make sure everything is secured rule number eight don't leave your shelter do you know what Jesse does leave the shelter yep and technically he's still like in his own yard mm-hmm. but you're not within the confines of like your house. You see a shelter. mysterious person outside in your yard. I don't go out and investigate, especially without a weapon. Rule number five is lock and load. She does, does not do this. Yeah, instead, I mean, the move is basically just, like, try to keep an eye on basically any other angles outside. Go around, make sure that your doors are locked. Mm-hmm. Another rule. Don't go out there. Yep. Uh, rule number 25 is lock your doors. Rule number 12, wait for backup. All of these things. Many things you could do. The worst thing you can do is go outside alone without a weapon and check it out yourself. Exactly what Jesse does. This is terrible. So he goes outside and then he sees something moving in his basement. And we get Freddy pulling something out of the furnace. Okay, now there's some weirdo in your house messing with your furnace. Call the cops. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try to go slowly creep around and see what they're doing. You know, go inside, try and warn your parents and your, your little kid sister. Grab a weapon. Anything. Literally anything. Nope, he goes inside and, like, peeks his head into the basement. Yep, Freddy's still down there. What was your plan here, Jesse? (laughs) (laughs) Gonna slowly confront him. Hey, man, what's up? And Jesse tries to hold the door closed as Freddy tries to pull from the other side. But Freddy magically teleports into the living room and grabs Jesse. You're in a horror movie. Yeah, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. He wants Jesse's body to use with his brain, basically. And Freddy peels his own scalp off and we see his brain. Beautiful, it's good stuff. Definitely real life. Mm-hmm. Jesse wakes up screaming. It was a nightmare. It's understandable, <laughs> but now back in the real world, I still don't say Jesse's in a horror movie. No these these can just be recurring. I've nightmares. had worse dreams than either of these. Yeah, actually, the bus one's pretty terrifying. But I've had definitely worse dreams than this one. Yeah, and I mean, you can even have like recurring dreams. So like, you've seen the same character in two separate dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely have. Yeah, nothing nothing to see here. Yeah, just a dream. So, then we have this pointless scene of Jesse falling asleep in class, and someone puts a snake around him. Yeah, this was weird. It, it, it just seemed like it didn't fit. It was like, oh, it's a nightmare where a snake is, like, gonna strangle him. That's kind of cool, but it wasn't a dream. There's actually a snake on him, and I don't know how it got there. It's the classroom's pet snake. Who put it there? Uh, yeah, it. it they kind of played it off like it was Grady who put it there, but how would he go across the room without anyone stopping him? Literally impossible for Grady to do it. Yes. And the snake isn't going to just slither out of its cage and do it on its own. No. So, maybe it was weird. This would have made more sense if you had Grady sitting next to Jesse and they're next to the snake cage. That would have made way more sense. Yeah. Close right. enough to just have him reach over, put it on him. This movie did a good job at, at least maybe not explaining a whole lot, but just not having like really random things happen. This This was one of those that just did not make sense. This is the exception. This is weird. You cut this from the movie and you don't lose anything. No, no, absolutely not. So Lisa's at home and she gets a call from Jesse. Jesse asks her out finally, we assume. And Jesse's going to go out and hang out with her. But his dad's like, nope, you gotta go finish unpacking your room, son. And then we get what might be the best sequence of the movie. (laughs) And Jesse is putting all of his stuff away. He puts on some music and some weird glasses... And starts dancing suggestively, and I I don't even know what this is. I have no idea what this is. It's having fun while you're unpacking. Yeah, but as much as you can. It's something. I I recommend. I I cannot explain this clip. So if you don't want to watch the whole movie, go look up Jesse's dance scene, Nightmare on Elm Street two, and just feast your eyes on this. It's worth it. It's worth it. I had I had a good time. <laughs> so did Jesse. I think <laughs> this is bizarre <laughs> finalizing his dance with a nice like hip thrust with a like pop gun yeah it's like an ejaculation kind of thing I think that's what it was supposed to represent yeah it's weird which is at a perfect time because his mom walks in with Lisa ugh yes. timing mm. <laughs> um, so Lisa's volunteers to help him finish unpacking his room and while they're doing this they find the diary of Nancy from the previous movie she describes Freddy in her dream, or, like, the dream she's having about Freddy, and Jesse's like, oh, shit. Damn. And then there's more about, like, murders that have happened. Rule number one, Jesse, I think you're in a horror movie. You're close. Yeah. I, I, I mm, it's tough. You're having these horrific nightmares that somebody else is having with the same guy, or, like, the same guy, and people died. It's enough to maybe just do some more research, you know? Yeah, at least maybe, like, look into it more, even if you're... Not committed to saying that, like, you're in a horror movie. At least no to... that. that, There's just something weird. There's enough there to make me paranoid. Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? I think it's enough enough to kind of have the rules in the back of your mind, basically. Yeah, Yeah, it's not obvious. But but you're not gonna, from here on out, you're not just... You shouldn't at least be just going along with everyday life. Yeah, you should at least be doing some research on the side, at the Very very least. So Jesse wakes up the next day to find... Like, a bunch of his crap is melted. Like, it's that hot in his room. You should probably get the air conditioner fixed, yo. <laughs> so Jesse goes into the basement, and he finds Freddy's glove. And Freddy appears and tells him to put it on. And he wants Jesse to kill for him. Nope! <laughs> Jesse's like, nope, no thank you, and just drops the glove. <laughs> I am not interested, sir. <laughs> Thank you, I will pass Random this. person in my basement. <laughs> yeah, this is all very concerning. I like, how, I like how straightforward he is, though. Just like, okay, like, kill for me. Plus? And just, like, I like how Jesse just drops the glove and says a word and is like, nope. <laughs> Bye. Bye, no, thank you. <laughs> so Lisa thinks Jesse's having psychic premonitions. This doesn't really go anywhere, but that's what her It's very answer. interesting because usually it's the, the second person co-main character, basically. That needs like to be convinced whereas in this in this situation she's more leading the charge for like this weird scenario instead of the person that it's actually like happening yeah. to i feel like that's not very common no she's super supportive yeah it's like she seems oh, like really. she'd be a great girlfriend yeah oh, at, at times maybe too much maybe too much <laughs> like at, at her own cost yeah but like if you were in a relationship with lisa i think it'd be a great relationship as long as you were a decent yeah. human being because she seems very nice. Yeah. I, I like Lisa. She's not going to leave your side. No. And it's revealed she's throwing a party that weekend. A big, big get-together. An old soiree. Yeah. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Nice. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. So, Jesse and Grady, they're shit-talking Schneider some more. And they have to do planks again. And then we go back to the house, which is boiling. And uh, Jesse dad looks at the thermostat. It's 97 degrees in their living room. And then we get another amazing sequence. Jesse and his family have two birds. And the cage starts shaking like crazy, and one of the birds murders the other one. And then Jesse lets the bird out of the cage. Why? Well, I don't know if did he open up the the cage. It seemed like he like pulled the cover off the cage, and it was open already. I don't. I don't. It was a little tough to tell. Maybe it shook loose. It's possible. But if Jesse opened the cage, rule number thirty two: play stupid games and win stupid prizes. (laughs) You know, nobody's gonna get killed here. And the sequence doesn't really matter, but it's hilarious. A couple birds die. Um, Birds know you're in a horror movie. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess they got driven mad from the heat. What do you do about that? Yeah, this wasn't ever really explained. Like, is it because of the heat, or was it because, like, Freddy was taking stuff over? I thought it was the heat. That's what I thought, but who who knows? Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) The bird flies around and scratches up Jesse's dad, and eventually explodes. What? What? okay and again this never really leads to anything nope it's i guess it's to make some more conflict between jesse and his dad i guess but then he set it up <laughs> that storyline of ends up getting dropped and they don't ever resolve the jesse no. conflict with his dad and it just builds it up yeah and jesse's dad accuses jesse of putting a f- cherry bomb in the bird and blowing Cherry bomb up. or a firecracker just like you set this up like uh no. no? You can't talk to me like that, you a-hole. It's absurd. Why? Why would I do that? That makes literally no sense. So Jesse can't sleep again. Lightning strikes inside the house? and like, breaks a couple of dishes? What? Okay, whatever. Sure. And so this causes Jesse to want to go for a walk. All right, makes sense. Let's go walking around a lightning storm. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> I, saying, I feel like there's got to be something here for this. but Yeah, I mean, I guess this could be a dream, but I don't think I mean, so. even if it is, like... Still, don't go outside in an electrical storm for no reason. Pay attention to the weather. Weather is dangerous. Because he just goes off to, quote-unquote, queer S&M joint downtown. <laughs> Thank you, Grady. <laughs> Thank you, Grady, for telling Jesse about that. But that's where Jesse goes. He goes to this, this leather bar and gets a beer. He's underage. I figured this entire time that this was a dream. And then he went in here, and I'm just like, is this still a dream? Yeah, it, it's weird. It's unlike any other dream sequence in this series, really. Yeah. If it is a dream. It might not be. I don't I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Because he runs into his coach, Schneider, who does hang out at this bar. Turns out. No. it Wasn't a lie. In, like, a full leather daddy outfit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Schneider drags Jesse back to school because he's underage drinking and makes him run laps. This is entirely inappropriate behavior. I, I, I feel like this... Isn't the move? No. Uh, You call the cops, you call the parents, you just send the kid home. Just don't bring the kid by yourself to anywhere, a school or anywhere else, by yourself in a leather outfit. Yeah, because what are you going to do? Call the cops on him or whatever. You're going to call the parents and you're going to say, yeah, he was at a bar. (laughs) Oh, which bar? Mm. Why were you there? This Mm. is 1985. You don't want to be not out. as not as a school teacher yeah especially as a school teacher or anybody this is not the time or place to be out of the closet yeah so you just let this go man coach just just let it go and especially don't bring it back to the school make them one laps that's weird it's that's a weird thing weird. to do and i don't think you have that kind of authority as a teacher nope not outside of hours so no so rule number three is do your damn job yeah and this isn't it and this is not it and know when not to do your damn job, yeah. I guess. Like, your job does not apply here. Yeah, the, you, this is not your job. Just let this go. So after the run laps, Jesse takes a shower and Schneider goes back to his equipment room. And all the equipment starts acting weird. Like tennis rackets start snapping and balls start flying everywhere. Rule number one, coach, you're in a horror movie. Yeah. I when the tennis ball canisters start blowing up like cannons and firing tennis balls everywhere. Yeah, that's a horror movie. <laughs> Balls start flying at your face and not in a good way. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> and then this is also rule number 11 get out. Like at this point, yeah, I'm gone. Like, I don't know what's happening here. I don't like it. Just stuff are flying off the shelves. Bye. Deuces. But no, he's remarkably calm. <laughs> it's just, it's like he's like stubbornly trying to figure out. Why? This is happening. He's just chewing his gum, like, looking around. This is weird. It, it, it's it's really a bizarre reaction. It's like he th- thinks that someone's playing a prank on him and wants to see it out and be like, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. But some jump ropes co- come to life and tie him up and drag him into the showers with Jesse. And tie him up in the showers, strip him naked, whip him with towels... Before finally stabbing and killing him. And yeah, the towels were a little uh, excessive, but, you That know, was weird. I mean, I guess it fits. But during all this, Jesse, who has noticed all the showers start magically turning on by themselves. Jesse, in the, the midst of all this, transforms into Freddy, slashes the coach, and then transforms back into Jesse. Looks like Freddy's got a hold of Jesse now. It seems like it. I, it in, in some way. I guess we, we don't really know how. Yeah. Or if it's just him playing the role or really what it is but it's weird not happy about it no (laughs) but Jesse now there's no beating around the bush it's rule number one you are in a horror movie yeah and I didn't mention it like the first sure point that I wrote down for him was when the birds blow up I know that I said like "Eh, it's kind of like oh this is really weird when you're reading the diary but my first sure one was once the birds blow up and if you want to even kind of go past that I don't think you can go much further than yeah, this. this is... And what's interesting is he is going to try and go to denial and think this was a dream for for a couple more scenes before he finally accepts that this is Which happening. I think is fine. Especially with the dreams that he's been having. Like, I think you can just assume that it's a dream. Yeah, trying... Uh, because it's something that's so weird and out yeah, there. like, you can't just expect this. This makes more sense if it's a dream. Yeah. So, going with the more logical conclusion is fine, but... You know, for now. For now. So Jesse is taken home by the police, who found him walking along the side of the road naked. That's not the move after this. Go get your clothes back on and, and walk back, but I guess he's in a state of shock. Jesse's dad thinks he's on drugs, but Jesse's like, no, I'm not Not very convincing. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and say for Jesse and his relationship with his parents, because he's going to have another fight with them in the next scene. And it's like, I don't want to talk about it. Nothing's wrong. Yada, yada. Clearly something's wrong. But rule number nine, be careful what you say. The way he handles his parents is pretty awful. Yeah, because there's be careful what you say. And that that can go both ways, Um, not saying too much and saying too little. Mm -hmm. Um, It can make you in some situations be really suspicious or in the case of the like talking to parents, they can get really worried about you think that something's up think that you're on drugs think whatever you need psychiatric help yeah she probably does true you know if you really want them to get you off, off your back just say yeah i was out walking around i couldn't sleep i decided to go and try and get a beer at a bar and i ended up getting mugged and they took my clothes and my wallet or whatever yeah. boom done it's like i'm sorry i i just wanted to go out and get out in the fresh air because i couldn't sleep in the brain. <laughs> Boom. You're done. That might work. It's weird, but it works. It's better than saying nothing. Yep. So Jesse and Lisa arrive at school and they find out Schneider was murdered. Okay, you're in a horror movie. It's it. it there's no more excuses yeah. for Jesse. Rule number one. Honestly, I think the rest of the town should be like, whoa, Schneider got murdered. Like, eh, this is weird. And a weird murder, too. So a weird murder. Happened on school property. It was brutal. Killer still on the loose. Maybe don't have a party. Yeah. I wouldn't see a terrible, like... I wouldn't have a terrible issue with it, but at the same time, the fact that it happened at a school mm-hmm. makes you think that it, there's something that could be related to kids, so maybe don't do it. Yeah, you know, maybe just assumed, because there's rumors about Schneider, right? And maybe they assumed he, since he runs with a rough crowd or, you know, whatever. That it just had something to do with that. I mean, he was tied up in the shower. It's true. Maybe everybody's like, "Oh, it's just Schneider, just good old Schneider, good old Schneider, Schneider being Schneider." Yeah, I don't know. So that, that's the only thing I can think. Sure, because everybody else is pretty calm about it. like this one scene. They react to Schneider. Yeah, this is really weird that they're just like, "Oh man, yeah, he got uh what they wasted, wasted. This one wasted, yeah, yep. wasted him," um, and, and then he, it was, and they was just moving on no one besides jesse talks about him again really so jesse the next night he finds freddie's glove moving around inside of his dresser drawer and then he goes down the hall and he hears a weird noise coming from his sister's room and she's inside doing the classic jump rope scenario you see in these movies yeah from the first movie yeah in all the movies <laughs> stop. Okay. greatest hits jump rope girls and he's just like nope and backs right out of the room and then he just backs away closes the door just Nope. <laughs> nope right out of there. <laughs> it's a great reaction. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that's not like a gif. Just nope. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a gif. <laughs> so the next morning, Jesse asks his dad about the history of the house. That's great. He's, he's like, okay, there's been enough weird stuff going on. I'm going to do some more research and just, just see what he knows. And Jesse's dad's like, yeah, I knew about this. It's how we got a good deal. And then the toaster catches fire and it wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's getting weird, yo. <laughs> yeah, and for everyone other than Jesse, like, I still don't think you're in a horror movie. No. But it's just weird, st- weird stuff going on. Yeah, you might want to, I don't know, I don't even believe in this stuff, but get a priest to come bless the house or something <laughs> at this point. She's like, yeah, just, said. just bless it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse tells Lisa that he dreamt about Schneider's murder, so she thinks she's a psychic. And takes him down to the old boiler room where Freddie murdered his victims, where he brought the kids back in the day. Sure. Lisa's been doing some research on Freddy and kind of tells him everything about the history of Freddy Krueger. Good for her actually taking initiative with uh, <laughs> With this. Uh, Jesse hasn't done anything yeah, like that. Yeah, Jesse is not a Jack, really. But he's, Lisa's... he's just been worried the entire time and not being proactive with yeah. it. Well, Lisa's doing her research. She's she's learning about the enemy. Lisa's following rule number 21, learn from past events. So good for Lisa. And they go to the boiler room, but Jesse can't establish any sort of psychic connection. So that drops that plot. So the next night, Freddy gets jesse to put on the glove and almost gets him to kill his own sister but jesse manages to, like fight him off yeah He's, that like, could have been bad that could have been real bad but it does show that he still has some sort of control yep and so now it's just like what do you do at this point like you almost murdered your own sister you know your gym coach is one thing who cares uh, but the <laughs> sister yeah, she seems nice if i'm jesse i might just run away at this point go find an expert of some kind go Get out of here. Go find the cause, the cure. Go find something. Find and, something in a different state. <laughs> yeah, and, and get away from people that you care about in this kind of thing. There's nothing they can do for you. They're, they're no experts in this thing. So yeah, Jesse, I, if I'm Jesse, I might run it. I might go see a priest or go see a psychiatrist or something, anything. You can't just do nothing at this point. Yeah, like you, you're worried you're going to be locked up. Jesse's legitimately worried he's crazy and he's going to get locked up. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe you should be. Yeah. And You can get help, some psychiatric help. I might do. You go to. Of course, that isn't the issue here. But if I'm in Jesse's position, I think that's. What you, you can't just do. sit there and do nothing if you already know that you don't. Even though you have a little bit of control, you do. You're not completely in control. Yeah. So you you can't just do nothing. Yeah, he's. I don't know. He's almost giving up. Yeah, I mean, God, I, don't, I don't remember what the quotes were or anything, but just, like, him talking to Lisa about it is just, like, he's being very closed off with all of it and just, like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. He doesn't want to try to progress through this thing at all. I don't know what his goal is. It's just inaction. Yeah. He's kind of giving up. So he's breaking rule 17. Just never give up. The next thing you try in my work, you just keep trying something. Try a priest, try a mm-hmm. psychiatrist, try anything to try and beat this thing. I mean, if you remember back to the first movie, Nancy was the opposite. Yeah. She was the most, most proactive. proactive. Action, action, action. Mm-hmm. And Nancy made it out of her movie alive. Basically. It's unclear, but I don't think Jesse does, because we never see him again after this movie. So. Hard to know. I just assumed Freddy ended up getting him. Yeah, but that's you'd have to assume that he gets Nancy then at the end of the first movie. Yeah, and that's fair, but it in canon, that isn't the case. Yeah. So, so Jesse starts doing caffeine and stay awake pills basically he's just like i'm not gonna sleep well that's not gonna work forever that is a band-aid solution same thing as nancy yep yeah, but she was doing that to find other ways yep and jesse is doing that just to, hold off, yeah, just to hold off yeah basically delay the inevitable so the next day lisa carrie and grady all try and cheer up jesse it doesn't really work he lashes out at them a little bit and it's revealed grady's been grounded and can't go to lisa's party bummer finally cut the lisa's party it's here and it's pretty tame because her dad's out there. Grilling, grilling. Playing his music. And so the kids are all like, eh, yeah, this is. Hanging out by the pool. I um, think one one guy does like, uh, like jumps into the pool and the dad gets, gets, mad and at him. gets mad at him. Just like, hey, none of that. <laughs> hey, no fun. Jesse's there and Carrie is there and Jesse's just miserable. Like he looks like death. Can't blame him. He hasn't been sleeping. Mm-hmm. Especially Lisa's mom's like, don't worry, I got this. And brings the dad to bed. To get them out of their hair. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Lisa goes to talk to Jesse in the pool house. And Jesse wants to leave. Thinks he's crazy. But Lisa's really reassuring. It's like, no, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And they stop making out. Oh, yeah. Mount Mount her nightly. Mount her (laughs) nightly. That's a great quote. So the parents go to bed. The party starts to get wild. Carrie and her boyfriend make out in the pool. Beers are out. Again, I don't know if this is the best plan to get, like, drunk at a pool party when, <laughs> like, there's an unsolved murder, but whatever. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good time. It's at least better than Scream, where there was already two high school students that got murdered. <laughs> and another one who had been attacked twice, and they still decided to throw a party. Like, Screw it. There was just one. It could be an isolated incident, so not not a huge deal. I just like that the the parents went to bed, and they're all just staring up at the room, just staring and staring, and just like, oh, wait gotta wait for it, gotta wait for it, and then just click, lights, lights up. turn off, and then just Woo! immediately just, yeah, hard music time. on, beer out, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> so, Jesse and Lisa make it out, and Jesse's tongue turns into a Freddy Krueger tongue, and it's super weird and gross, and he runs away. I thought for a second he was going to do something with this. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse's definitely not gay. So Jesse runs away and ends up sneaking into Grady's room. And he just starts rambling about how he killed Schneider. Just completely crazy. And Grady takes this kind of in stride. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. Just very calm. Grady, rule number one, you got to know you're in a horror movie. Your buddy is acting like a complete lunatic, mentioning that he killed somebody. Yeah, I mean. If he killed him, you're in a horror movie. Yeah. If he didn't kill him, he's a psychopath. (laughs) Yeah. You know, stay calm. Grady does stay very calm. Good on his part. Too calm probably. But he does stay calm. And you just wait and like kinda talk him down and get him nice and relaxed. And then you do something about it. But Grady is so chill about this and it's gonna get him killed. Yeah, he just basically waits for him to just like burn himself out and listens to what he has to say. Just basically goes through the same thing that Nancy did in the first yeah, one. Just like, yeah, it. make sure that I don't or make sure that I don't do anything stupid and don't fall asleep. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna go to sleep, you watch me, and wake me up if something bad happens. Don't let me leave. Anything like that. Grady's like, okay. Fine, agree to that. That's totally acceptable. You wait for him to fall asleep and you get the hell out. Grady doesn't realize he's in a horror movie and he needs to. Yeah, basically the thing that I wrote on was there might just be a benefit to cutting ties with this this kid completely. Yeah, he's your friend, but you've known we him for we know weeks. that we you haven't known him for that long. Yeah. It might just be better to cut ties, turn this kid in mm-hmm. um to either the police or a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Because really you don't know what's true. Yeah. Until you know what the actual truth is. You can't be risking just hanging out with this guy. Yeah, your life is at stake. Your parents are in the house with them. Sorry, man, you've known this guy for two weeks. If I if a person I've known for two weeks came into my house doing this kind of stuff, yeah I'm calling the cops, yeah, you don't really know somebody after two weeks, no, so back at the pool party Carrie's comforting Lisa and it's like, you should go get Jesse go see him. Jesse's asleep now, and Grady's just flipping channels lackadaisically and then decides, you know, okay, we're good, we're gonna sleep again Grady, do something about this more inaction Jesse wakes up and so Grady didn't even get a chance to fall asleep like I was gonna criticize him for falling asleep, but then like, oh no, he Literally a second after he yep. turns over to go to bed, Jesse's up. This is awesome. Freddy just carves his way straight out of Jesse's body. This was weird. <laughs> this is insane. Because first, he starts to grow the actual needles. Knives. So, or knives out of his the tips of his fingers. Mm-hmm. Just slowly moves out of them. And that was just weird. <laughs> Let me see Freddy's eyeball in the back of Jesse's throat. And then his face starts coming out of his, like, stomach. Yeah, and his carves way out of Jesse's body. It's gnarly. I thought they killed Jesse here. Yeah. It looked like it. It looked like a death. And that would have been kind of nuts. Yep. Bye bye, main character, but now Jesse's still alive. Grady now knows he's in a horror movie. (laughs) Well, and he doesn't even do any things that Jesse told him to. Like, hey, if I start doing anything weird, if I try to leave, wake me up however you can, like, hit me across the head, do something. And it doesn't really, it's much different than the first movie just because. Jesse's awake yep. during this process now. So it, it's very different. It's not exactly the same, but at the same time, Grady could have still tried to do something. Grady doesn't do anything. Just try to knock him out, sure. I mean, the only thing Grady does is he tries to follow rule number 11 get out, finally. It's too late, unfortunately, because the door is sealed shut, and the only window is by Jesse. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to go over by him either. I mean, you might have to risk it at this point because he can't get out of the room It's sealed magically. hmm uh he doesn't grab a weapon he just kind of panics and sits there he rule number 10 don't panic mm-hmm. grady panics grady i like the character but he does not do a good job no no not at all and eventually you know he he calls for help and his parents are trying to get in too, but it's too late and freddy appears and stabs grady to death through the door too yeah so a lot wrong for grady not much right Nope. Well, <laughs> yeah sorry grady <laughs> Rip, even though he was a funny character bye had, had the best line of the movie yep Mount her nightly. Are you mounting her nightly or what? And then it's Jesse kind of snaps back and it's Jesse again. But he looks at his reflection in the mirror and it's Freddy. That's pretty cool. It's weird. It's weird, but it's cool. It's it's it, it makes it difficult to understand what's kinda of going on. I'm sure he doesn't really understand what's going on either. Fair. <laughs> And the police are coming, and Jesse's like, Oh, this is bad. Rule number 11, get out. Yeah. He climbs out the window, he's gone. Yeah, because even if you do turn, like, end up, like, trying to, like, turn yourself in, this isn't the place to turn yourself in. Not to the cops. No, there's no way out of this situation that ends all right for Jesse right now. He's got to get out and find another way. Yeah. Lisa's about to leave, and as she opens the front door, Jesse comes in covered in blood. And he rambles about killing Grady and Schneider, and he's covered in blood, and a complete lunatic by this point. Lisa, roll number one. You're in a horror movie. <laughs> and she is kind of dense here and is like, what are you talking about? What do you think he's talking about? And she's like, oh my gosh, you're hurt. It's like, no, this isn't my blood. I killed two people. <laughs> oh my God. Surprise. <laughs> you know, good. Calm down. Make sure he doesn't murder you. Yes. I'll, yeah, very good. You got to calm him down and get the police over here to get this crazy dude out of my house. The water starts boiling outside, and then the hot dogs start magically catching fire, and the beer's exploding. Not enough for the teenagers to know they're in a horror movie yet. It's just like, that's weird. Why yeah. did that happen? And Lisa's trying to calm Jesse down. It's like, he feeds off fear. You can fight him. You can do this. So before we go on to, like, any of this other stuff, I wrote something down for both Jesse and Lisa once he came into the house. For for Lisa, first of all, kind of the same thing as Grady. Do you just bail at this point? Yeah. I mean you have to assume he's a psycho killer. She cares about him. Mm-hmm. But again, it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. You can find a new boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> also, Jesse's super gay. Just let it go. There's been so many other red flags yeah. here. Yeah. Just let it go. Let him go. <laughs> yeah. And then and then for Jesse, I know we've talked about like turn himself in, but you've seen that you don't have control over over this guy and you've killed two people already. Almost a third with your sister, uh-huh. and there you're with a bunch of other people, especially someone that you apparently care about after two weeks. Is there sense in killing yourself? Holy shit. Um, wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that. This just got dark. <laughs> Drastic measures. Like, yeah. If, if you actually don't want to hurt the people around you, and you actually think that you do not have control over it. I think try and see a psychiatrist first. Yeah, that's a last resort option. And this is and this is assuming that you're not gonna be able to like get out of yeah. the area. So like sure. you're you're in this house, you're at a party with all these people, you don't you don't think you're gonna be able to like even like get out to go to a psychiatrist. Well maybe if you hadn't gone to the party in the first place. Yeah. That's... Don't don't go here at this point you have to go get some help. You should yeah, you should have gone from Grady's to yeah. somewhere. Yeah, going to Lisa's house was not the correct move for Jesse. Boy, yeah, this is... I think if you're being taken over by a demonic force who's going to murder people you care about and you have exhausted every other option, yeah, I think uh, killing yourself might be, you know, the noble thing to do. It's definitely not good for your survival. No, no. (laughs) But when you're thinking about the survival of other people. Yeah, um... uh, yeah, if you want to be heroic. Yeah, I don't think Jesse's there yet. But, you know, I think he should try and get psychiatric help first. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you just get put locked in a cell, I mean, that might be effective enough. for maybe you can get cured someday and mm-hmm. at least everybody's safe. Yeah, I think that's your better move. Yeah, yeah. Dark stuff. <laughs> Figured I'd bring it up. Something yeah. to consider. Yeah, I know, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah. yeah. Freddy magically manages to lock the gate to the backyard. So everybody's trapped inside and the parents are trapped in their bedroom. Freddy starts to take over Jesse again. Here we go. She's locked in the house, too. Freddy's magically locked all the doors to the house. Uh, magic Stonehenge bullshit. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. So the lights explode outside, so everybody should get out of the pool, at the very least. It <laughs> might be in a Final Destination movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are going to die. Yeah. And Jesse turns into Freddy. Yeah. Okay. Now she can believe Jesse, but still, like... We'll get to it, we'll get to it. But there's a point where see, you gotta let this guy go. Yeah. Uh Lisa does a really good job here. She's throwing stuff at him. She's trying to get out, but the doors are locked. You know, she's doing what she can. She gets bit in the ankle by him. She kicks him in the face. I mean, he could have killed her, I feel like, at this point. Yeah, he's toying with her a little bit. No half measures. No half measures, Freddie. No more half measures, Walter. But that's Freddy's whole deal. So yeah. He loves to he toy. He loves toying. Him. And you know, you're a supernatural being. If you're gonna toy with somebody that's Low time to do it. (laughs) Some of the partiers try to break in to get her out, but they can't do it because Magical Stonehenge bullshit. Sure. (laughs) But Lisa ends up finally locking and loading. She grabs a knife. Jesse is like, kill me, Lisa. Kill Kill me. me. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) At this point, yeah. (laughs) Like I said, sacrifice. Sacrifice. And eventually, Lisa does stab Freddy, and it has no effect. Basically just doesn't even puncture the skin. Yeah, it's like, nope, nothing. And so she drops the knife. Jesse's like, I love you, Lisa. I love you. I I doubt it, but okay. Thanks. (laughs) I love you as a friend. So Lisa's screwed here. There's, like, nothing. You know, obviously, no weapon will work. She's cornered. But fortunately, through the power of love, Jesse manages to fight with Freddy and force him to go outside and and vanish for a bit. The power of love. That's that should be Nightmare on Street 2, the power of love. That should be the subtitle for this movie. (laughs) So, everybody at the party is like, wait, what was going on? Well, because he broke through the the glass, yeah. like, door. And vanished. And so they know Lisa was, like, under attack by somebody in the house. So, rule number one. No, you're in a horror movie. All the teenagers, just including Carrie, should know they're in a horror movie. None of them tried, like, go to her aid. A couple of them tried. A couple of them tried. And they couldn't get in. No, 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 no. after this. Oh, yeah. Like, saying, like, oh, are you okay? What but happened? What was that? No, that's just you kind of the guy turned into a ghost and it just disappeared. So if I'm them, I'm just like, what? In shock a little bit. Like, what just happened? I, I can picture you at this party. You just like sit, sit there, you're like, what? And then immediately I could just see you booking it out of the yard, <laughs> just bye! <laughs> and then I'd run into the back gate, which is locked, and I'd be like, oh. Shit. <laughs> Someone Lock- vault me over this. Lock and load, people! <laughs> Grab whatever you can Grab the hot dogs We're in a supernatural <laughs> horror movie We are all screwed <laughs> Lock and low if you want It's not gonna matter <laughs> If it make you feel better <laughs> And so Freddy reappears And attacks the party And this is chaos like four <laughs> This is people great get killed. Four people get killed here and I just say it's great Because it's nothing It's it's nothing that we've like Seen before And nothing we will see again In Nightmare It's just surprise I'm here <laughs> And so immediately just stabs one guy. <laughs> this is going to be know. tough. Like, what do you do here? You can't run away. There's nowhere to go. There's You can't get any weapons. You're at a pool. There's no lock and load. I mean, the best thing that you could do maybe is... you. Okay, so you still might be able to get out. You, I think you... Would be able to get into like the house and get out that way. Yeah. But all the doors are locked in the house. But if anything, you're not outside by everyone else. Yeah. By all the chaos. You know, there's a saying if you're being chased by a bear with a group of people, you don't have to be the fastest person. You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the slowest person. Yeah. And it's kind of that mentality here. You just don't want to be the person who's closest to Freddy, especially intentionally. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say rule number 28. (laughs) Run, bitch, run! <laughs> Just get out of there. I mean, you can even toss uh, if you really want to. Uh, rule twenty: fight dirty. Yeah, and sure. that's not. I'm not saying fight dirty towards Freddie. I'm saying push other people yeah. down. Yeah, and some, throw somebody else in his path. Sure. Find the find the person that you like the least at the party. You know, all the, most of these people push them down, maybe. And, and that's true for the. Freddie ends up stabbing two people to death here, and it's it's true for both of them. So. Very low kill count for what it could have been. Yeah, yeah. Then another person tries to climb out and, and falls and slips and then a bunch of fire bursts up and they get burned alive. There's nothing you can do there. All of a sudden, the ground where you're standing, which isn't supposed to be flammable, erupts in a flame <laughs> but with you standing there. Surprise. Rip. One guy got trampled. Yeah, one guy got trampled by an angry mob. He must have just gotten knocked over and they, they accidentally step on his neck to try and get out in, the, in a wave of panic. I don't know. I mean, what could you what could you have done to prevent this? Though, it's he accidentally got knocked over and accidentally got stepped on. I think this is just pure bad luck. No one to play possum. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that could have worked if you just put one person. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm dead, dead Freddy. Any... Oh, oh, I, I drank too much beer. I'm definitely passed out. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I got nothing for this. I guy. mean, we we say people do nothing wrong, but most of the time that's when they don't know they're in a horror movie. But I think even though someone knows that they're in a horror movie. I mean, we, we've had it before that they still do nothing wrong. It's yeah. just this person had no chance. Yeah, because Freddy didn't kill him. It was just bad luck. You can't fight bad luck. Don't trip. I don't, don't trip. And again, that, there's nothing you can do about that sometimes. And hey, the dude was following Run, Bitch, Run. So. Yeah, he was trying to get out, you know. He was just running too hard. They were up against the fence trying to find a way to climb out, and they couldn't do it because fire. And he got stepped on, and his neck broke. He tripped and fell. And just Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. Yeah, sometimes you can do everything right and still lose. But there was one other guy. And yeah, I I don't think he died, but we'll talk about him. So everybody's cornered, and one dude, this Good Samaritan kind of guy, which is rule number 30, don't be a Good Samaritan. (laughs) Just don't. It's literally there. He tries to talk Freddie down. It's like, hey, it's all right. Like a hostage negotiation. Habit. It's all right. I mean, you don't know that he's a supernatural being. It's, no, no. I mean, kind of. I mean, she he might did not disappear. Have seen what happened, Joe? Like, hey, it's all gonna be okay. It's Nobody's like, gonna hurt you. It's all right. It's what maybe, do you want? What do you want? You know, I can help you. Help yourself, dick. And <laughs> he slices him and then just tosses him aside. And I don't think that looked lethal. We didn't see like blood squirting out. It's just, tis, it's hard to know. It's a scratch. But yeah, he shouldn't have been a good Samaritan there. Let just somebody else be the good stay Samaritan. Stay in the mob. <laughs> yeah, be, be one of the faceless in the mob. At the... As long as you don't get trampled in the mob. Yeah, So yeah, just, uh, I don't think he died, but if he did, rule number 30, don't be a good Samaritan. So Lisa's dad comes outside and shoots at Freddy and misses. Recklessly shoots at him. Like, doesn't, it looks like he hardly even aimed. Yeah, it's true. You know, we say rule 22, take the shot. But when we say take the shot, we mean take the shot. Take the shot, not a shot. Yeah, you, if you think you might only have one, it's the yeah. shot. He only had one in the chamber ready to go. Yeah, it's the shot, not a shot. And he curses himself right away, just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to reload, and Lisa grabs his gun, forces it down, causes him to miss. because Jesse's in there still. And she does know Jesse can fight him. But at this point, eh, let, let him take let him the, the shot. See what happens. Yeah, let's, let him take the shot. Maybe it'll work. Maybe bullets will work. You know, instead of knives. You've known this guy for two weeks. And who knows if he's savable, really? It's already killed multiple people. The greater good. <laughs> you yeah, gotta let him go. Let this guy go. He can find another boyfriend. But Freddy flees at the sight of Lisa. He takes off, and Lisa realizes where he's going and goes after him. Now, rule number 14 don't go looking for missing people. <laughs> this is the epitome of that rule. Yeah? The missing person has been possessed by an evil dream demon. Let him go. Maybe just un- end it. Cut ties. <laughs> like, don't go chasing after him. Uh. Is, is there anything with no one to cut ties or something? Or just like no one to let people die, <laughs> essentially? You know, I think we're going to add, or add give that give up on someone? I think we're going to add that rule, but not yet. Okay. I mean, we're going to add that at the very end. Right? Okay. But I think that is going to be the new rule. You got to let some people go. Let the toxic people out of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What <are> you ready? <laughs> so Lisa drives to the boiler room. There's dogs with human faces on the outside. This, be- this wasn't explained. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the dream world is bleeding into the real world. Sure, okay, fine. Don't go into places with dogs with human faces on them. Your choice, I guess. <laughs> uh, don't go looking for missing people. So, Lisa burns herself on a pipe, which I hadn't really noticed before, but it's like a nice little moment to like, yeah, no, she's awake. This is real. Yeah. This- Even though there's weird stuff going on, it's still real. You can still die. It, it's clever, and I wouldn't have noticed if Derek hadn't asked that this was a dream, and then... Right when Derek asked that, Lisa burns herself. I'm like, no, oh, this, is, this is real. The five minutes that Derek watched in the film. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool, some clever filmmaking there. You know, a lot of weird stuff happens, but she's determined to keep going for some dumb reason. Because she's in love, Ryan. She's in love. The power of love. The power of love. <laughs> Two weeks. And she finally gets cornered by Freddie, and she's pleading for Jesse to come back. Freddie's like, no, Jesse's dead. And finally she says, I love you, Jesse. And this is apparently enough to cause Freddie to bleed. Because it gives Jesse, like, the strength to fight. Power of love. Power (laughs) of love. I mean, I guess rule number 17, never give up the next thing. Try my work. There's a little bit of that there. Like, they didn't give up. She should have. You know, by my own rule here, give up on this one. But she didn't. Yeah, I think never give up more applies to yourself. And instead of, like, never give up on others, it's more never give up in the fight to save yourself. Yeah, Yeah. but she got herself here into this situation. And now you got to fight to save yourself a little bit. Yeah, you put yourself in a terrible situation. You play stupid games, but true you know lisa clearly knows more than me because this is all gonna work out for her for now she stands up to freddie you know like she read in the book about nancy stands up to him i'm not afraid of you and ends up straight up making out with freddie krueger making out is very loosely okay. too kissing kissing and this causes freddie to like catch fire and burns him away and freeze jesse the power of love <laughs> the power of love i don't know what to say about any of this i don't know. <laughs> I uh, honestly Lisa, you shouldn't even be here, but you know, good for Jesse for finally finding the strength to fight Freddy, I guess. The next thing you try might work. Sometimes, next time you're faced with a magical dream killer. Kiss it. Kiss him. That uh, won't make him go away, apparently. Alright, whatever, man. everything burns and he like turns over and like peels off yeah. like the skin of Freddy or something. Jesse's back. freddy has yeah. gone. And then they, they have a nice moment. Yep. Sometime later, Jesse's going back to school. No way here. I mean, I guess if I guess it's possible he did, he gets out of this because, you know, the Grady and Schneider murders. You know, Jesse's the obvious suspect. But apparently, you know, everybody at the party is like, no, it was some crazy dude with a red and green sweater. Jesse could say, yeah, I was hanging out with Grady and this crazy dude broke in, killed Grady, ran off. And everybody else saw him, too. And Lisa's like, "Yeah, track him down and lit him on fire in the boiler room." There's, there's ways to make to explain this. To get away. off innocent, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's possible that Jesse got away with this. Mm-hmm. So he's going back to school, gets on the bus. Uh, Carrie and Lisa are there, and everything's safe and sound. And then the bus starts speeding up, and Jesse starts freaking out. Oh my god! It's it's his original dream, and it's fine. They stop the bus, and nope, nope everything's fine. It's a very it, the scene. Uh, when it first like came on, it it looked like it was exactly the same as the end of the first movie, like him coming out of the house to like getting into the bus instead of getting into the car like Nancy did, Uh, and just like the entire feel of this this process like just felt exactly the same as the first movie. Carrie's like, "Come down to see it's all over," and then Freddie bursts out of Carrie's chest with his glove killing carrie the bus drives off into the great desert of ohio once again and who knows what the hell happens to jesse and lisa and that is a nightmare on elm street to freddie's revenge yay oh, i right. mean they could have fought him off with the power of love with yeah, the power of love i guess for carrie rule number 33 never assume you're safe i guess i you know we we don't really know what she knows you know she obviously knows something weird was going on with jesse does she know that freddie possessed jesse We don't really know. So if she doesn't know that, then we can't hold anything against her because nobody could have expected somebody bursting out of your chest. I think if you're going to go with what we're kind of assuming and that they were able to get Jesse kind of like off on this, he's not accused of anything, it's because you're putting the blame on to some maniac who killed other people. And because of that, I think that Jesse and Lisa are the only two people that know he was possessed. Okay, that, that makes the most sense. So I'll buy that. I'll buy that. So Carrie... What the hell could she do nothing nothing because these people think that it's all wrapped up yeah the, ca- the case is all wrapped up so they are no longer in a horror movie yeah they think it's over it's not but they you know there's no reason to suspect otherwise except for Jesse and Lisa now Lisa assumes you're safe I'm gonna assume Jesse and Lisa get killed here you know it's very likely that they got killed we never hear about them again in the rest of the series we're just gonna go with they died here Lisa you can't assume you're safe when you're with a guy who's been possessed before. Like, that's something I feel like that could come back. You know, Jesse's kind of screwed, you know. It's not like he can do anything about that, you know, besides love, apparently. Just love. But Lisa, she she assumes she's safe. She breaks rule number 33, and she assumes she's safe. The other part is, uh, we're going to add a new rule here, and that is rule number 35, no one to cut ties. If you have a boyfriend of two weeks that is regularly possessed by a dream demon, it's time to go. Those are enough qualifying factors for me to say, you know what? Maybe, maybe we just go our separate ways. You know, if it's one of your kids or a husband or wife or something like that, I can understand it more. It's like you're not gonna give up on that person, but if it's someone you've known for a couple of weeks, if it's a friend or like a new boyfriend or girlfriend, yo, just let it go. There's red flags in every relationship yeah. that that end those relationships. Why not have being possessed be one of them? Nobody can hold that against you. Oh, yeah. He was possessed by a dream demon. Oh, okay. I'm glad you got out of that one. I had some strong feelings for him, but... Yeah. Demon. Yeah. So, yeah. Rule number 35. No one to cut ties. Ooh. Um, all right. That's pretty much everything we have for uh, Lisa, I think. Um, Jesse, there's really nothing he can do, but for Lisa, I think it's just that she, she stayed in this relationship that is dangerous and assumed it was over when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's enough? I, I think so. All right. So the one thing that I just like remembered when you were talking through like this, this last sequence, is there a reason why all these people were randomly taking the bus? Every other day that he's gone to school, he's taking his car. Oh, Yeah that is interesting why would he take the bus maybe he... and everyone else is taking the bus just like we're all going happily together huh that's, that's just kind question. of odd yeah uh maybe it makes me think that it was not actually like a dream I mean I'm probably looking into it too far but it's that's like the one inconsistency basically yeah, yeah that, that does make sense maybe this is all a dream hmm. who knows something to think about it, it definitely could be a dream and then you know what we got nothing to talk about no but we're assuming that it was real yeah though. but alright Let's move on. So we just added the one new rule right at the end here. Rule number 35, no one to cut ties. Josh, you like that rule? Yeah, I really like it. It's a good rule for life, too. That that is very true, which is what these rules are supposed to be. Yep. So let's go into some awards. We'll start with the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules. This is, of course, based off Randy Meeks from Scream, who is kind of the inspiration of this podcast. He created his own list of rules to survive horror movies. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. And he's like my hero. This this is an interesting movie because most of the characters had no idea what was going on the whole time. Yeah. And there's like hardly anybody like that could win this award because there's not that many characters in the first place. And a lot of them never even realized they were in a horror movie. So the only real option, I think, is Lisa. It It's so hard to pick anyone. I mean... If you're just looking at your core four, Lisa's the best out of those. Because mm-hmm. um, Carrie's not a character. <laughs> she's She does literally nothing. Grady does nothing right. The best thing that he does basically is keep Jesse calm. Yep. And Jesse, it's hard to do anything with him because he's, he's so crazy. And in- inactive. Yeah, he, he does very little. He does much more bad than good. Yeah, and there's not much he can do anyway. Yeah. So I think almost by default, Lisa has to win. Now, granted, she does a lot right in her fights with Freddy, and she's very accepting mm-hmm. of of everything. Like kind of like being proactive with like the research yep. and like trying to work through it with Jesse, trying to get him to break out for this. And she stabs Freddy yeah. a couple of times, doesn't work. Tries to get out of the house when she can. You know, you know, you can't predict magic Stonehenge bullshit. Yeah, there's there's <sighs> are there any random like secondary characters like Jesse's parents don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean you could say that, that Lisa's dad took the shot. But he missed wildly. <laughs> well, true. It, was a bad, it was a terrible shot. Terrible shot. And none of the partiers or characters or none of them did anything good. Like, they were just like they oh they did bad basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know Lisa does a lot right. You know, she should have cut ties with Jesse a long time ago, let's be honest, and should not have chased after him to the boiler room, but she did never, it. And never assume you're safe. And assume she's safe. Yeah. Oh, God, she also went looking for missing people. Yeah. Oh, man, this is, she's terrible, she, too. <laughs> yeah, but she does a lot right. I think overall, she does a lot of things right, more more right than wrong, but... I, I, don't, I don't think she does. I do think that she does more wrong uh-huh. than what she does right. But I think that's still better than anyone else, which is a very sad thing. And she succeeds in a lot of it, you know. So that's that's the one thing. Now, granted, when it all comes said and done, she's probably dead. Probably. But there's
1: l- like no one so else are to give basically a any of
0: these other characters. We, we we basically have no choice. Yeah. So yeah. Congratulations we're, we're, by default. Yeah, Lisa is the winner of the Randy Meeks merit badge. Um, mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's her, and then Ty for I still know what you did last summer. Ty's better. Tie's better. No way. Ty didn't do as much bad. Lisa did more good. Higher highs, lower lows. Yes. Okay. And then Alice from Pride of the 13th is the other bad one. but mm-hmm. uh, She's definitely a bottom three Randy Meek Merit Badge winner. But let's move on to the Night of the Living Club Award, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, who is just the worst character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. So... I think this one's... There's only two characters to talk about, and I think there's a clear winner here. I think it's Grady and Jesse. Mm -hmm. And I think Grady's got to win, because Jesse at least doesn't give up at the end and fights his way out of Freddy's body. (laughs) But was it even him, or was it Lisa? I think think it was a little bit him, because he had to be the one to fight mentally, whereas Grady does literally nothing right and just freezes up and gets stabbed to death. Jesse, he's trying to stay awake, I guess... He's also crazy, so it's, it's harder to judge his actions. Yeah. You know, Grady doesn't really have any excuses. And especially, I think the thing that bugs me the most is Jesse was clearly talking about how he murdered somebody. He murdered Schneider, and Grady doesn't react to that at all. Mm. And just like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. It's fine. Yeah, that's not that's not a good look. That, that might be the worst movie of the movie. He doesn't realize he's in a horror movie when he should. Yeah. And that's something we don't see a lot, is... We, There's usually a clear-cut yeah. time. We have a lot of characters on the show who don't realize they're in horror movies, but this is one of the only ones I can think of that we've had where he doesn't, but he should. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought we'd see more of that 18 episodes in, but I think this is such a blatant misstep for Grady. I think he's got to win, even though Jesse was pretty terrible, but to be fair, he's possessed. Yeah, I don't know. Do I, th- think? I think that's fair. Grady? Yeah. All right, so Grady is the knight of the living pleb and not so living anymore. It's just too bad he's my favorite character in the movie. Rip. All right, Josh, this is the part of the night where you get to claim a horror movie for yourself. I don't like myself for it, but I think I'll go with the third Nightmare on Elm Street. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. That's exciting. That right. sounds fantastic. All right, that's fun. All right, Josh, why don't you spin the wheel? Oh All my right. god. It's Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Somebody shoot me no that's not how you survive (laughs) oh it might not be worth it because this is a awful awful movie how to survive watching a horror movie Yeah, how to survive watching halloween 5 so derek will be back on the podcast for this one i think man i'm not thank you so much josh for winning that you son of a bitch i mean out of all the stuff on there i mean there's not too many great options uh that's literally the worst option though yeah you spun the worst option Hey, had to do it eventually. Gross. <laughs> All right, Josh, you want to p- plug any social media? Uh, sure. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that, at J Wessler. That's at J W E H S E L E R. If you feel like it, go for it. <laughs> and you can follow us at How to Horror. Uh, it's on Twitter. And then you can also follow us on Instagram at How to Survive a Horror Movie. Yeah, that's pretty much it, Josh. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this was a fun one. Yeah, know. it was it was very interesting. Yeah, we haven't had a movie like this before, and we different. never will again. Yeah, very different. Uh, certainly unique. So this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there.